0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast. Making Theology Central. Good late afternoon. It's almost early evening here in West Texas. It is Monday, May the 29th, 2023. It is currently 5.50 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio Located right here in Abilene, Texas. Memorial Day here in the United States of America. And well, before you know it, Memorial Day will be, well, Memorial Day 2023 will be in the history books. We will be moving on. I hope you've had a great Memorial Day weekend. I hope it's been wonderful. I hope it's been great, entertaining, fun. I hope you have done some things for your spiritual growth and spiritual benefit. But maybe you have, maybe you haven't, maybe you just don't really care. You see, one time in a high school, a teacher had walked up to the blackboard and with a piece of chalk had written a word. They'd written a word out in chalk. I know some of you may not remember the days with a chalkboard and actual chalk. Okay, maybe there's some schools who still use that now. <laughs> okay, all right, but 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 I digress. So this was back in the olden days, a long time ago, a teacher took a piece of chalk and wrote a word on the chalkboard. He left the classroom and then the bell rung and all of the students came in for the next class and all the all the kids came in they found their you know their their seat and they're sitting there they're chalking and one of the football players looked up at the chalkboard and was like app ap, uh and he got up and he walked up to the to the chalkboard and he's looking at the word and he's like app uh, app uh, thai appa 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 who cares and went back and sat down Now, the word was apathy. His attitude, yeah, whatever, who cares, is literally, well, that's apathy. He literally was demonstrating apathy and giving up, just basically deciding, you know what, I don't really care what the word is. Apathy, apa-something, and just, who cares? Because apathy is defined as lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern, a lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern, he, eh, whatever, he didn't care, he didn't really care, I know the word, don't know the word, I don't really care, whatever, and you just went and sat back down. I mean, that that's a perfect example of what apathy is. So this Memorial Day weekend, have you shown any interest, any concern for your spiritual growth? Have you demonstrated a lack of interest, a lack of enthusiasm, or a lack of concern for the Word of God, for preaching, for teaching? Have you? Have you shown more interest, more concern, and more enthusiasm about everything else? Now, the answer is over and over and over. We find ourselves having more interest, more concern, and more enthusiasm about things other than the Word of God. And I'm not the only one. I know you do the same thing. We're all guilty of it to some level to, to, to some level. I think that that is true of all of us. But do you feel that in 2023, do you feel that the church at large, in general, the church at large in the United States of America, that it has been overcome. It has been taken over with a culture of apathy that the church at large has just become apathetic about the things of God. They show a lack of interest, a lack of concern, a lack of enthusiasm. They are just the church, you know, like, hey, there's a Bible, there's theology, there's church history, there's doctrine. And the churches went, uh, um, wh- whatever, who cares? Just like the football player. Uh, nah, uh, hypostatic. Uh, who cares? Trend, uh, uh, Who cares? Church history. Uh, who cares? Like, it just, you just named the doctrine, Name the impute. Uh, who cares? You know, propitiate. Uh, who cares? Substitutionary. Uh, who cares? Like, whatever the issue is, it's just a, a, a general feeling of just nobody really cares. Now, there's been lots of articles, lots of books written about this subject of apathy in the church. In fact, the Christian Post just recently published another one. This was published on Sunday, May the 28th, so yesterday. The name of the article, Four Ways to Shift Church Culture from Apathy to Expectation of Growth. So they, they, this is not even questioning whether the church has been overtaken with a culture of apathy. This is more about, hey, how do we move people from a culture of apathy to one of expectation of growth? And we are going to obviously work through this. And I labeled this part one because there may be a chance that we'll have to do a number of episodes about this. So maybe this will turn into a mini series. I do not know. We will see. I'll just, it'll be interesting to get everyone's thoughts. But it's right when I got ready to go on the uh, live on the air, as I was looking at the article, kind of planning out what I wanted to say. All of a sudden it hit me and I, and I, I'm going to throw out kind of a hypothesis here. I'm going to throw out a theory. I'm going to throw out a, a concept here. Do you think the church has been overcome with a culture of apathy or do you think the church isn't apathetic? they've just replaced the thing that gives the, the the things that they are most interested in the things they're most concerned about the things they're most enthusiastic about that the the app it's not apathy towards certain things in other words how can i exp- express this that the uh, they just their excitement their concern their enthusiasm has just changed from the things of god to other things in other words it's not a complete apathetic culture It's just they've become apathetic about certain things and very enthusiastic and uh, excited about other things. So I guess what I'm saying is their concern, their interest and enthusiasm, has it just shifted? Or do you think just in general... There's an apathy. Like sometimes when you say a culture of apathy, it just seems like you're saying that the the mindset of people in the church today is they just don't care about anything. They're not interested in anything. And I don't think that's accurate. I think the church has taken its enthusiasm, its concern, its interest, and just changed. They've turned it to something else. I think the church, many people in the church are very interested very enthusiastic, very concerned with maybe culture wars, right? Um, with Target or or libraries or drag shows or or critical race theory or wokeism or or politics or Trump or like. I I feel that there's lots of enthusiasm in the church. It's just been shifted. It's no longer interest in the things of God. It's no longer. Uh, concern and and they may say that that's still there, but everything seems to indicate it's not. So I, I guess I I don't know if I'm articulating this c- clearly. Like it's not the, uh, just a general. Like you can say, well, the church, everyone today is just apathetic. Like the culture today is just one of apathy. It's the it's the cultural temperature, but I don't believe that's accurate. I believe there's lots of enthusiasm and concern and interest and so many things within our culture. I think that within the church, we've taken that enthusiasm that should be for God, that concern, that interest in the things of God, and we've taken that concern, that interest, that enthusiasm, and we've handed it over to something else. So do we need to fix the apathy? Or do we need to fix the misplaced enthusiasm, interest, and concern? Now, I know, I know I'm, I I know I'm looking at this very, maybe I'm looking at this uh, too carefully. You, you, maybe say, ah, I I think you're taking it, you're going too deep, but I'm not trying to go too deep here. I just think like if, if there's just a general apathy, then the issue is wake up. Stop being so apathetic about things, right? And like, you've got to try to encourage or, or try to, you've got to try to wake them up out of their slumber and out of their sleep. But I don't think the issue is apathy in general, I think it's an apathy towards the things of God because they've taken their interest, their enthusiasm, and their concern, and they've given it over to other things. They may still talk about God in relation to these other things, but the real concern is not God. The real concern is not his word. The real concern is political and cultural. I, I think I'm on to something. I cannot I cannot be dogmatic, but I think that there's 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 something to that. You you may disagree with me, but I think there's something to it. I think there's something to it. Because on one end, I you know, I I, I do see in some ways I feel the church is like, yeah, whatever, don't care. Hey, let's do Bible study. Nope, not gonna do that. Hey, let's do this, no, nope, not gonna do that. Hey, let's do this, no, 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 like just just complacency apathy. But on other things, they seem very engaged and enthusiastic and have concern. I think it's just, we've taken all of that enthusiasm and concern and just given it over to something else. You may disagree. You may disagree. You may see that there's just a general apathy within the culture, you, you, you can let me know your thoughts. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. But let's at least introduce this article and then maybe we'll talk about it in, you know, another episode. Maybe we'll just kind of introduce it here. But here's the, the article again. Four ways to shift church culture from apathy to expectation of growth. And then underneath it is a really small picture, but it's a picture of people sitting in some pews. There's three pews, right? There's three pews. Uh, the first two pew, uh, there's a guy and, uh, a girl. Uh, the girl's just kind of looking over at him. Nobody, nobody is looking at the pastor, right? Like wherever the pulpit is, nobody's looking at it. So the girl's kind of looking over to the guy. The guy has a Bible in his lap, but his head is leaned over. He's asleep. He's asleep. The guy behind him has put his shoulder put his hand on his shoulder and he's laughing like he's laughing. Then there's a woman next to him. Looks like she's sleeping. There's a guy next to him. He's looking at his phone. Then on the back pew, someone's looking at his phone. The other one just has his heads down and the other one is sleeping. So in other words, they're showing a group of people listening to a sermon and nobody cares about what's being preached. Nobody. Nobody is concerned it's just complete disinterest. There is no concern. There is no enthusiasm. There, it, it's, it's the picture of apathy, right? Three pews, nobody's looking at the pastor. Um, one, two of them are looking at their phone. Two of them are clearly asleep. One is possibly trying to go to sleep, and the other one just has his head down. Don't know what he's doing, but he's no, clearly not paying attention to the sermon. Clearly not. Nobody's paying attention. Do you feel that that is the church in 2023? There's just an apathy. Nobody cares. Ha- has, has the culture so influenced the mind of Christians that now a sermon does not, unless it's a celebrity, if it's a celebrity pastor, people will pay $50 to get into a conference so they can hear the man preach, right? Because, whoa, now that's that's worth it. But if it's just the average church on an average Sunday, do you believe there's just widespread apathy in the pew? Or do you think that's a misrepresentation? I, I Let's see what they say. Let's see what they have to say. This is the article. Again from the christianpost.com. The American church is at a crisis moment. Only 1% of churches have an ongoing evangelism emphasis. Apathy in the church is nothing new. The New Testament letters demonstrate how a lack of enthusiasm for God's work goes back to the inception of the early church. In Acts chapter one, after Jesus ascended, two angels came down to tell the disciples to get moving. Why are you standing here standing in, uh, why are you standing here staring into heaven? The angels reminded the disciples not to delay kingdom work. Why is the American church apathetic today? I could dedicate an entire book to the subject, but one fundamental problem stands out. A culture of broken rhythms discourages excitement. Now, they say one fundamental problem stands out, and then the first thing they have underneath that is a culture of broken rhythms discourages excitement. Now, they the, the author here believes, obviously, the church is apathetic. I tried to offer maybe a little deeper look at it. I I think they may be apathetic towards the word of God and the things of God, but they're not apathetic about other things. So it's just they've removed their excitement and their interest and their concern to other things. So do we address the apathy in general, or do we address the, like, I just think that we need to be specific. Hey, look, you're passionate. You're fired up. You've got interest. You're, I mean, listen to you talk. I can hear that excitement. So you're not an apathetic person. What has happened to your excitement, concern, and interest in the things of God? That's different than going, man, look, you just seem not to care about anything. You seem to be apathetic about everything. Like, I I just, I just think that there's a, There's a distinction there that may need to be acknowledged. But maybe I'm making too fine of a point. You you can tell me what you think. But according to them, the issue here is a culture of broken rhythms discourages excitement. What What do you think they mean by that? This is what they say. I broke my leg a couple of years ago. The injury prevented me from exercising, especially running, which I love to do daily. The broken rhythm of exercise affected my mind, affected my my psyche. It it, it, it impacted me. All right. After it, after I healed, it took much more effort to get back into the exercise habit. All right. So. So this person is using that a culture of broken rhythms discourages excitement. And so they use the idea that a couple of years ago, they broke their leg and this broken, this broken, broken rhythm affected the way they think, the way they feel, their entire psyche. It, it, it impacted everything. And after it healed, it took much more effort to get back into the exercise habit. So after being out of the habit, then it took a while to get back into it. Now, this is what they say. When people miss several days of Bible reading, they can get discouraged and stop reading altogether. When someone misses church on a regular basis, the broken rhythm quells excitement and creates a growing apathy. Every worship service, every missed worship service adds a level of indifference Over time, these layers build and become a barrier to obedience. Now, forgive me for being maybe a little cynical here, but I just, is the Christian life nothing more than, hey, look, you're a Christian. Now start doing these things, get in the habit of doing these things, and don't let anything break the rhythm. Because if you break the rhythm, you'll just stop doing them. So if you start missing worship services... Right, it it increases a level of indifference. If you stop stop reading your Bible, you don't start you, or you never really start. You you don't become a Bible student. You're not reading. You're not listening to sermons. Then the more you miss, the more you don't do it. The more indifferent you become. Is the Christian life really just a matter of hey, hey, come on, this is your new discipline. Just start doing it. And as long as you maintain that discipline, great. But all you got to do is break the rhythm, and then boom, indifference comes in. Is is that is that the Christian life? Is the Christian life just reduced to, "Hey, here are the activities you're supposed to do. Do them. Don't let the rhythm get broken because if the rhythm gets broken, it's going to create indifference and the next thing you know you're going to be like, "Ah, well, never mind, I quit." Is it that is it that easy to to just derail everything? I, that just seems so odd to me. They go on to say this. Attendance frequently continues to get worse. The person who once attended every other week now attends one out of four weeks. Momentum stalls when people do not gather frequently. When absent from church, people direct their passions to other endeavors. So basically what they're saying is like, as a Christian, you need rhythm. Right. And you cannot break these rhythms because once the rhythms get broken, it leads to indifference and indifference will lead to disobedience. And the next thing you know, you used to come to church every two weeks. Now you're coming once every four weeks. Like, you know, all of a sudden it just starts getting worse and worse and worse and worse. You stop. And then, as they say, this when absent from church, people direct their passions to other endeavors. So if you go to church, your passion may be connected to church related things, but as soon as you start not going, then your passion gets directed to other endeavors. So all you got to do is ma- so your entire Christian life can be derailed according to this by simply breaking the rhythm. That the rhythm gets broken, it's it, like that's it, you can't get back in step. You, you can't get back in step. You it's over. It's done. You you're, you're, you're it's a it's a mess. I I just I would hope the Christian life is something more than that. Like he compared it to, hey, I used to run, I broke my leg, so I wasn't running. And when finally I got my, my, leg was healed, I took, it was a lot of work to get back to running. Is the Christian life basically just like a physical exercise program? I mean, I'm not saying that there isn't any truth to it, but it's, it seems very, that's very discouraging to me. Apathy is a lack of enthusiasm for what you're supposed to do. The problem is not isolated to individuals in a few congregations. The problem is cultural across almost every congregation. The issue has become a phenomenon in North America. It's hard to build excitement if many people in your church have broken rhythms of discipleship. So they're saying this is a phenomenon. This is across the, the entire United States of America. There's broken rhythms of discipleship. And so what we, we have to do is you got to get people back going, come on, guys. Come on. Do this. Can you do this? If I buy you a, a devotional guide, will you use it? If I get you a Bible study guide, will you do it? If I do a podcast called Bible Study Exercise, will you participate? Come on. It, 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 do you feel that this is a a cultural phenomenon that spread across? Again, I believe that the the people in the in the pews, they're they if they're apathetic towards the things of God, they're not apathetic about other things. So is it apathy or is it idolatry? Like they're not. Like I, I know I'm trying to draw a distinction there, right? Hey, I am passionate about other things, but I'm just apathetic about the things of God. Well, of course you're gonna be apathetic about you can't only you can't serve two masters. You're gonna love the one and hate the other, right? Isn't that what Jesus said? So is this really not an issue of apathy? It's misplaced love, it's misplaced worship, it's misplaced concern and excitement and you know and, and, and interest. I don't know if I have a good answer here. I almost want to stop right here and just leave it to you. Let's see what the, uh, the, uh, this article says. This article tries to give a little sense of hope. You can begin to shift from apathy to an expectation of growth. You can begin to shift from apathy to an expectation of growth. Now, this is what they say. Cultural changes occur more slowly than technical changes. For example, you can figure out the best technical way to communicate to your congregation. Text, email, newsletter. But solving a cultural problem of poor communication is a more involved process. What are some ways a cultural shift to an outward focus can occur? How can churches restart the process of getting people back into a healthy rhythm? So what they believe is the issue, this is their their diagnosis. Their diagnosis is a broken rhythm discourages excitement. So the problem is broken rhythms. So what can we do? So the the whole key here is, then how can you restart the process of getting people back into a healthy rhythm? That the, the whole thing that the church needs to do is like, we've got to get people back into a healthy rhythm. Now, I don't know, can you... See, my thinking is that the broken rhythm is due to almost a form of idolatry. You've given your concern, you've given your interest, you've given your excitement to other things. So unless I fix the idolatry, well, how am I going to fix the rhythm? The rhythm is going to require you, I mean, I guess I could get you to externally go do certain, oh, here's some activities you need to do, but those, act don't you believe those spiritual activities are meaningless if you're not engaged in them in your spirit? Like you're really like, I want to be reading my Bible. I want to be studying my Bible. I want to go to church. And the issue is that I don't want to, the, the want to is gone. Idolatry will make you apathetic to everything that isn't your idol. I think apathy is more of a symptom than it is the problem. You can't serve two masters. You will love one and hate the other. That's, that's my thinking here. But they think the solution is to restart the rhythm, get the rhythm going. And, you, and so here's what they say, right? So here's number one. Here's number one, right? Maybe, maybe we can finish this. Maybe we can finish this. All right. So here's the things they tell us to do. Number one, celebrate the bright spots in your worship services. I, I don't know. I, I, so I'm supposed to, within my worship service, I'm basically am to create a two minute video and show it to the congregation during worship. One video will not likely make a cultural change, but multiple testimonies over time will ma- will will help with the shift. So you celebrate the stories of people who do kingdom work. So I guess I, I put a a, a slick. A very well-produced two-minute video that shows people doing God's work. And I guess this will motivate them or excite them or get them back into rhythm. I don't really know. That that just seems like, what? I'm not so sure about that one. Number two, include ways to put boots on the ground in your missions budget. Almost everyone who goes to their first cross-culture mission trip returns with inspiration to do more locally. Our church serves the homeless every week. Those who volunteer in this ministry are some of our most dedicated. When we craft our mission budget, one of the driving factors is how many people we can get on the field. We offer scholarships to families who travel internationally together for the first time. Our mission budget is just as much boots on the ground as it is about providing funds to our partners. Okay, I am I don't know how that gets people back into rhythm. I don't really know what that is supposed to be accomplishing. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with providing money for people to get to the mission field, but you could have people who want to go to the mission field. (laughs) Okay, You got to people, you got to have people who want to do something. If you can't even like, here's my thing. Hey guys, I know none of you are coming to church, but hey, 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 we'll send you to Germany for missionary work. And I think some people go because they want to travel. I've seen people go to, on missionary trips and come back telling more about the people, the culture, the food, the, ce- the, the scenery than they do the ministry. Oh, oh, I mean, we ministered to people. <laughs> okay, great. I don't know. Number three, hold staff accountable for gospel conversations. Gospel conversation is the first item in our weekly staff meeting agenda. Every meeting begins with our team telling stories on their efforts to invite people to church and share Christ with people from the neighborhood. I, I, I. Okay, I guess I don't know. I mean, I don't know how that's supposed to fix the problem. Four resource ministries focused on the younger generation. Does your children's ministry receive as much budget support as your worship ministry? Now, let, let, let me even get started before I'm going to just lose my temper here. Look, I'm so sick and tired hearing about children's ministries and teenage ministry when all it is is fun, food and entertainment and crafts. And it's just activity, 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 activity. So yeah, give them more money so we can build that cool. Oh, we need a, we need a place where the kids can play video games. And it's just, okay. So I, I don't even know what, why do we need. How, hey, young people, you're old enough to listen to a sermon, come into the sanctuary, open a Bible, and grab a notebook. Yeah, you can do systematic theology. You can do hermeneutics. You can, yeah, you can do church history. But we want to go hang out and play video games and, 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 and talk about teenage stuff. You know, or you can, I don't know, listen to the word of God because you're in a young adult who claims to be a Christian. If you want to be entertained, well, you can have a classroom for, for those who don't like church and those who don't want to listen to the sermon, come here and hang out for an hour while everyone listens to a boring sermon and you can watch movies and have fun and just make it fun and just don't even pretend that it's ministry. But I, I know I'll get myself in trouble for saying that. Those are their, though, their four, <laughs> that's supposedly their four ways of moving us from a culture of apathy to expectation of growth. I don't know what any of those things will do. That just, that seems maybe the most useless article I've ever read in my entire life. What is anything, I, I don't know what that, I don't know what that is supposed to fix. That, that's the grand, that's an idea that it was so worthy of consideration. It was published on a Christian website. Like, how is that supposed to fix apathy? The, the issue is that none of that fixes the, the, the cause of apathy. This is trying to fix, like, we're just going to have, isn't that what the church always goes to? The church always, whenever there's a problem, do, do you feel, I mean, is it just me? The modern church, here's always their solution. More money. So we got to increase budget, say the missionary. Oh, we need more money for our youth ministry. So it's always money and it's always programs and it's always activities. The solution never is preach the word of God. Tell, I mean, like, I, I don't understand. It's always like, we need a new program. Hey, have a staff meeting and do this. And then we need to do this. And we need to make a a slick two minute video. And we need more money for our kids ministry. We need more money for it's money, programs, and activities. That's always the church. They don't know what to do. There's a problem. We got to do something. We need money. We need programs and we need activities. Has any of those things ever been used to fix spiritual problems in the history of the church? I think the issue is you are apathetic to everything not connected to your idol. If God is the God that you're really focused on and worshiping, can we say you become apathetic to that which you don't worship? Now, much how much we say we worship God, we truly tend to worship other things, right? We put other things first. We bow ourselves to it. We serve it. We think about it. That's where our enthusiasm is. That's where our interest, interest will be. I think apathy is a symptom of idolatry. Your enthusiasm will go to that which you worship, that which your interest, that that which you love, and your apathy will then manifest itself towards that which is not your idol or not the thing you're not worshiping. The church is running around trying to fix the apathy problem, but I think they're missing the point. What do you think? Do you do you think my hypothesis is completely wrong? Do you think I'm way off base here? Or do you think it's a, it's an interesting way to look at the problem? Their solution here, I, I know I labeled this number part one. I'm going to get rid of that. I'm just going to leave this as a self-contained episode instead of turning this into a a mini series. Um, but because I think we've we, I, mean, I, I I was hoping their four points was going to be something of substance. But I mean, none of that is like I I don't see that. I'm just going to leave it there. There's much more I could say, but I'm going to leave it there. I'd love to get your thoughts. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Look, if, you're, if your rhythm has been broken and you're having a hard time, please consider our Bible study exercise on the book of Jeremiah and just jump in and, uh, yeah, you can you can start participating right now. And, uh Maybe you'll get back into our rhythm. I don't know if that's that's the solution. I don't know. I think the real solution is, we talked about it this morning in the Today's Focus. God speaking to Jeremiah, and I will utter my judgments against them. Them is the southern kingdom of Judah, who have forsaken me, have burned incense unto other gods, and worship the works of their own hands. When we forsake God, we begin to burn incense to other gods and worship the work of our own hands, we're going to become pretty apathetic towards the true God. That's just my thoughts. Love to hear yours. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Have a great rest of your memorial day evening. Um, yeah, and I don't know when we'll live broadcast again, but it'll be sometime soon. And I'll be uploading uh, Jeremiah Part 3 here in just a little bit. Um, I was trying to give a little space between Part 1, Part 2, and Part 3 on the Church One Sermons 2.0 app. Of course, it's been available in all the other apps, um, well, five minutes after I preached it, but we'll upload it to those uh, other apps here shortly. All right. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great evening. God bless.